How's everybody doing? Welcome to episode six of the Throw It Deep podcast. We're sitting here on January 12th, 2021, the day after the national championship. And as you can probably tell by my voice, it was a good night in Tuscaloosa. Alabama wins 52 to 24 in a game that started off like a really good game that I was kind of thinking, oh, wow, Ohio State brought their A game. And then it just kind of went one one sided and everybody who doesn't appreciate Alabama's excellence had a boring night. But uh, I think you and I, I think a, little, a little bit more than a boring night, maybe an angry night, you could say. Uh, but which is fair. As I, as I just said, apologies uh, for my voice. If I have any bad voice cracks during it, I, I kind of lost my entire voice last night, but we still decided to record today. Um yeah, national champs. <laughs> Which is awesome. Uh, you, you get a national championship during your uh, four years on campus. Yeah, I mean, I think I think it was actually you who said it in the group chat yesterday about, you know, the one year the Patriots don't make the playoffs. I get this. I, I, I'm a sports – yeah, I'm a spoiled sports fan, without a doubt. And now that you have Alabama under your belt, um, I, I mean, who knows what the Patriots are going to end up doing for the next X amount of years. Now that you have Alabama under your belt, you're always going to be competing. Yeah, I'll be I'll be okay. I think. Yeah, um, I think. I'm a Yankees fan, so I got that. So, so I mean, well, we won't get into that. But <laughs> anyway, yeah. So let's talk, I mean, let's get right into the game if you want to. Uh, it was uh, pretty shocking. Pretty shocking. I would, yeah. and I'm not saying this is an as as an Alabama fan. I'm. I mean, I'm trying to say this as a college football fan. I did not expect. Alabama to come out how they did defensively really is is uh, what was most shocking to me. That's fair. I mean, here's the thing, and I, we kind of neglected to uh, bring this up. Master Teague was back um, in a big way yesterday, uh, regardless Trey of Trey Sermon got hurt, right? He, yeah, uh, it was. A, I think it was a shoulder injury. And it was, was a shoulder injury. Uh, the second that he that he got hit, he went down. He tried to get back up, and it was like, oh, and he was out for the game. They actually took him to the hospital, which yeah. uh, really stinks for him because I thought his draft stock was definitely shooting up. Um, based on the past few weeks. Um, I don't remember what the reason was, but he wasn't eligible to play the first few games of the season. And that's where Master Teague was, um, you know, he was their, he was their back that was uh, going off. And then he wasn't playing for a few games, came back, and he actually had a really good game yesterday. Yeah, and I think he'll be back next year, I believe, Master Teague. Teague. I'm not sure about Trey Sermon. I, I think, think so. Sermon is um, declaring, I want to say. So one, uh, one of the more interesting We'll get back to Bama's defense, but I think one of the more interesting points that I'd like to make from last night was Jalen Waddle. He came out, he dressed, uh, you know, he he played. He was he was limited. I mean, he, I that's and that's kind of what we said, what we kind of expected to happen. Um, Wasn't exactly you know, a decoy. I mean, he, didn't he score? No, a touchdown? they didn't. He didn't score a touchdown. He had a, uh, mm-hmm. I believe it was a big third down. Um, yeah. But, he had three catches for 34 yards. Yeah, they didn't really use him as a decoy. Kind of went – he just wasn't on the field a whole lot. Uh, I don't have the snap count in front of me, but I don't – I mean, he didn't get a ton of snaps. No, and uh, I, I think after one of his receptions, he was he came up limping. And it's interesting that we bring up Waddle because a lot of um, yeah, a lot he, of athletes on Twitter were really not components of him playing, which I understand. And the thing is, you could see how much of a competitor he was when he was out there, but – you have so much going in front of you in your career that it probably wasn't the right move to uh, play. Yeah, but I mean, he he wanted he wanted to play. I mean, I, know, I, I don't yeah. deny that it wasn't like uh, Saban or the training staff pushed him into playing if he wasn't ready. I mean, that was it was his definitely decision. the opposite. It was yeah, it was his it was his decision one hundred percent. And you know, 
I think they probably used him about the right amount for, you know, you have to figure he was probably maybe 80% healthy. Uh, but, you know, he came Speaking back, he suited injury, up, and he was out there. A lot of injuries yesterday. I mean, we saw, um, obviously, Sermon. Uh, Waddle came out, and he was injured. And then, big one, uh, Devontae Smith, who had uh, one of the greatest, like, national championship performances ever in a half. In the first half. In yeah, a half. He already had he was 12 catches for – let me just get it up. It was yeah, 12 catches, yards two, and three touchdowns. touchdowns. And then didn't play in the second half because he, I guess he dislocated his finger. I'm not really sure. Um, it was either a broken but, or dislocated uh, finger. But um, I think he was still uh, we were the saying, game. Yeah, I mean, and we were saying this a couple of weeks ago. I think Devontae Smith has just secured his status as the greatest college football receiver of all time. Uh, Based off of his I entire mean, career, yeah. And plus he had one of the greatest. I mean, if, you're, if you're looking at just, I mean, if you're just looking at numbers, he, he's uh, maybe not in quite in that upper echelon of legendary college football receivers, but find me someone who's had a better college football career than Devontae Smith. You can't. Uh, freshman year, he caps it off with a game-winning touchdown in the national championship in overtime. And senior year, then has two more great years with three other great receivers around him, and then caps it off senior year with a Heisman, maybe the greatest season for a receiver, one of in college football history, Heisman in a national championship, in which he was dominant in the national championship. I He's mean, if not, if not him, then who? Uh, yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, he had a punt return too. Uh, he really just did it all this year. He was, he was awesome. He, he was. Uh, I, I I don't think I've had more fun watching watching a football player than I did watching Devonte Smith this season. It, it's interesting as an Eagles fan. He's I've kind of had my finger on him in the draft, especially you know, with with That's us. Sick, the top. Right? I don't think he's falling to us. Devonte. I don't think. I think he might go. Th- I, I think the Dolphins might take him at three. Depending on what happens with this whole quarterback carousel we keep bringing up. And, yeah, I, I think the Dolphins might take him at three. Uh, reunite him with uh, Tua, who, speaking of. I mean, surely not- surely he's going to go ahead of Jamar Chase and Jalen Waddle, right? I mean, we saw it last year Here's with Henry the only Ruggs. thing, and I hate to be this guy, and it's, it's been a um, topic of discussion. Devontae Smith is tiny. I feel like Jamar – I mean uh, – Yeah. And I, and yeah I he think- doesn't have – there's a chance that he translates really well to the NFL, and I think he will, but there's also a chance that he doesn't. I think Jamar Chase is the safer pick, but I think Devontae Smith definitely has more boom potential. I don't know. I like I, – I, there's something to be said to your point about him being the safer pick, but, you know, at the same time, it's not like – yeah, the the one glaring thing is is the weight, but, you know, he's, he'll put on weight. I, that's a, I that's I a good point, yeah. Um, like, you know, it's an NFL strength program is a little bit different than a college strength program, even at Alabama. So, like, I would think he's going to be able to put on some weight and be very – I mean, he's just so dominant route running-wise. That incredible. He, like, I'd be worried about him getting hurt with his small yeah. frame. That's like, exactly – well, that's more than anything what I'm worried about. I mean, but, like, yeah, I mean, obviously that's that's a concern. But other than that – there are I no mean, concerns. <laughs> I mean, he's there like the concerns. best receiver prospects I've ever seen. And it's not – I would yeah, say he, he's the best receiver prospects in Julio Jones. I want to say he's like 6'1", 6'2". I don't know. Off and he's top. 175. I want to say uh, I can – Definitely only right 175. I think that's right. He's six uh, foot one, 175. And like we've seen all year, he might not be the the ideal size for like a red zone threat guy, but he, he has probably as good or better ball skills than just about anyone in the NFL right now. He's I mean, incredible. 
I mean, he's absolutely dominant. Um, what's up? I said, did you see the catch against LSU? I mean, that kind of just yeah. told me everything I need to know about him. Um, speaking of uh, Devontae Smith, uh, just to go into some uh, wagering odds with him, to score one touchdown. Now, if, if, if you bet, you know that probably the hot, the juiciest odds you can get on that are like minus 200. To score one touchdown, Devontae Smith was minus 600. And the, to get the three that he got was plus 180. Like that 180 for three plus touch. I mean, that's like, I've never seen a player given that level of respect with yeah. betting odds. Uh, I mean, minus 600 to score one touchdown. One. That is unbelievable. But I yeah. love Devontae Smith. I, I, I hope we get him. I, again, I don't think it's the safest pick, but it is at the same time. Well, for sure, one of Devontae or Jamar will be there at six for you guys. The question is, does if Howie Roseman is still the GM, the question is, does he I think he will be, but we'll get into that in another episode. But yeah, I think he will be too. But again, you know, we'll see what he actually pulls the trigger on. It's not like that's the only hole for the Eagles. You know, obviously they have there are many holes, but I don't think I don't like think, a block of Swiss cheese. We have a lot of holes. I don't think you or any other Eagles fan would be too upset with the drafting of like, say, a Patrick Sertain or someone like that. Well, I want Chase Sertain or Smith. So in no order. So if I get one of the three, I'm going to be happy. But knowing uh. Knowing us, we're going to draft some defensive tackle or something. The only position we don't need. So yeah, that would I would that would track as uh, as regular Eagles stuff. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, uh, one guy we were talking about, we've been talking about a lot since the semifinal games is Justin Fields, and I think Fields played a good game. He wasn't he wasn't awful by any means. I mean. If you're just looking at the numbers, he wasn't great. He was 17 of 33 for 194 yards, a touchdown, and no picks. Uh, so, you know, he uh, he wasn't off. By the way, uh, he should have had one pick in the end zone. I can't oh, remember. Oh, yeah. It was certain. It was certain. It was certain. It was kind of, like, behind him, so we had to make, like, a move for uh, it. It was a tough play, but, yeah. you know, it was a very pickable ball thrown by Fields. Um, Absolutely. But he but, dropped a few really nice balls in there. Man, uh, yeah, now it feels he looked pretty good, uh, and especially with his legs, he got them going a few times when they couldn't get anything going. The one touchdown to Garrett Wilson was like, all right, that's an NFL throw right there. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, like I was kind of saying earlier, and I said we'd get back to the Alabama defense came to play last night. Yeah. They stepped up like they haven't done all season. Like they haven't done in the past two years. Yeah, I think, they, I think they shut up a lot of doubters with their defense. This was, this was like – by far, I think the best defensive performance for, for Alabama in the past two years. And, you know, that's what it needed to be for them. You know, I've been nervous all week. I thought this was going to be a close game. I did not see it turn, uh, turning into the blowout that it did, but the only way that was going to happen was going to be Alabama's defense stepping up and field, not being able to rip, rip every point on the board. Like he was against Clemson. Yeah, I mean, and there's also something we, we, we neglected to talk about completely when I listened to the show again. Um, Justin Fields played hurt very clearly. And there were a couple yeah. times where, where he where he got hurt or not got hurt, he got hit and you could see he was in pain. He wasn't hurt, but he was in a lot of pain. And um, yeah. I mean, I don't take too much. I mean, yeah, the ad- adrenaline thing against Clemson's a good argument. I don't take too much stock into that, though. I mean, that's 10 days after he just played the best game of his life against Clemson. So yeah, he was hurt, but you know, hurting. I, don't, I, don't I, don't I, I want to say he was hurt, hurting, but he wasn't hurt. If that he makes was, sense. he was probably in some pain. That would that yeah. would be fair to say. Um, but, I, you know, um, and then most guys forward looking forward with Justin Fields, and I made this point in the group chat that we're in, and I think this is a fair assessment of him. His floor is Marcus Mariota, while his ceiling is Kyler Murray. 
I think that'd be fair to say. I don't think he's as uh, he's not as electrifying. I don't think as Kyler Murray. He's not as quick as him either. Well, that's what I mean. Uh, he probably has as good or better of an arm, though. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I can I can see the point. Yeah, and Mariota is probably a a pretty unless we just have a situation where he completely busts, which I don't think either of us really. And and, and then the thing is, like, obviously Mariota's a bust set too, but like. He had four years. He was like a, he was a pro bowler once or twice. If you don't remember, he was great in the red zone. So he's not a bad player by any means. I don't, yeah, I don't really have Listen, I think Mariota still has, you know, who knows what's going to happen with him. And that's a different topic for a different day. Yeah, he could be a great NFL prospect. Yeah. Uh, so I think, you know, we'll look ahead to the draft a little bit. Speaking about uh, uh, speaking so of draft, what do you, what's up? Well, I said still going to go two, as in Justin Fields, but um, make your point. I think I think it depends on who picks at two. Assuming, assuming it's the Jets. Assuming, assuming it's the Jets, I do I, I do not think so. No. Well, we'll see. We'll- I, I, I've kind of I've kind of made a point to die on the hill that there is no reason for the Jets to draft another quarterback. You're just going to put you're literally put you're literally drafting him into hell. You, you might as well take a hammer to his knees because he's going to get hurt. They have no, they have no protection. They have no, they have no personnel. They, I mean, it's either trade back or draft Penny so well for them. For in my opinion, hundred percent. I think uh, they have uh, an interesting situation with their coaching search because I think they just interviewed Robert Sala twice, the defensive coordinator, twice. 49ers. Yeah, I just saw an update this morning that they had just completed a second interview with him. So maybe. Maybe he's their guy. Uh, as as for the rest of the coaching carousel, we were talking about the Eagles the other day. Obviously, Lincoln Riley was a name that that came up in some reports I saw. I'm um, um, speaking of the Eagles again. I, I hope we go out and go get Joe Brady. To be honest with you, I think that would be. I think I think Joe Brady is going to get a job, whether it's with the Eagles or someone else. I think someone's going to. Mm, pro- there's a a good chance this cycle that he gets a head coaching job but if not this one and he stays in carolina and has It'll another decent year he'll, he's he's next up 100 it would be really interesting if he did get a job because he'd have three jobs in three years being as good of a um, offensive mind that he is um i think the three names that i saw today that the eagles contacted were, were yeah lincoln riley arthur smith and robert sala so we'll see what happens We'll see what happens. What would your ideal choice be? Of those three? Yeah, or anyone. Well, Joe Brady. But um, of those three, I don't want exactly a defensive coach. And I was talking to some other people today, and it made, it made a lot of sense. It, it was something along the lines of when you hire a defensive coach, you, you have to realize that, one, if you succeed, everyone's going for your offensive coordinator. Yeah. So then you're going to have to go get another offense coordinator. And two, the situation that the Eagles have, it's almost more like we need someone to work with Wentz. By the way, I know we're going to talk about this later. I am a firm believer Carson Wentz is starting for that team week, week one. And we'll talk about that later because I have a lot to say about that. That'll be, that'll be, uh, probably our offseason will be filled with Carson Wentz content on here. Yeah. <laughs> I, I uh, Just to start with that, I think um, yesterday's uh, lunch date between Jeffrey Lurie and Doug Peterson where they – broke up after it um, <laughs> um, was pretty much uh, us choosing Carson Wentz and Howie Roseman over Doug Peterson. I really do think that's the case. So I think, uh, I think Lincoln Riley would be fascinating for the Eagles. You think Bring so? Him in, pair, pair him back up with Jalen Hurts. Here's the thing. I don't think it's Jalen Hurts. 
if it, if, if it is Jalen Hurts and we get rid of Wentz, I'm all for it. I mean, listen, if if Lincoln Riley is hired, it's going to be Jalen Hurts. Right, exactly. Exactly. So, so we'll but, see about uh, that. We're getting a little bit sidetracked from yeah, the game here. Really, the honestly, game. really honestly, because there isn't a whole lot to talk about other other than well, – let's, let's talk yeah, about Mac Let's talk about Mac Yeah, that's who I'm yeah, looking yeah. at. And before we get into Mac Jones, but, I think yesterday, more than anything, solidified – thank God Steve Sarkeesian is getting a big job because he deserves it 100%. Yeah. yeah. And this is why I, 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 I hope it works. I hope it works out for him at Texas because he's yeah. probably the best offensive mind in college football. So, I mean, I, I really do hope it works out for him. The but, one thing I noticed on every single Alabama passing down, and I hate to knock Mac Jones. Yeah, hold on, hold on. Before 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 you, you get into tearing down Mac, let me just read his stat line real quick. 36 of 45, 464 yards, five touchdowns, no picks. Now go ahead. Now, now go ahead and proceed to tear him down. I love Mac Jones as a guy that you can plug into an offense with all this talent. Um, and especially the, the, the mind more than the talent. The thing I noticed on every single he's passing down, he's a smart football player. hundred percent. But every single passing down, Mac Jones does not read the field. Mac Jones knows exactly where he's going and he's, he's throwing it to a beast that can probably make a player get open every single time. And the second you yeah. give him pressure, it's a problem. That fumble was egregious, and it kept Ohio State in the game early on. I yeah, think that really was limited. awesome. I, he's yeah. really limited by the fact that he can't really move at all. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, you kind of saw with the fumble early he's on. got a good arm. He's got quite an arm, and he's really, really accurate. Uh, yeah. So, like, there's, there's some things to like about Mac Jones as an NFL prospect. Specifically, I think – accuracy is the biggest thing he's such a he's such an anticipatory thrower he kind of just uh, i just feel like he always sees where the guys are going to be and he puts it where it needs to be he's, just, he's been he's been awesome this year it was it was more fun borderline this year to watch mac jones than it was for two years of Tua. and uh, mac, mac jones, jones fit the sarkeesian offense i just worry that in the nfl he literally hasn't made i i, I didn't make see him make one second read where it worked out for him last night and that's the yeah Unfortunately, I think Mac Jones is probably not going to be an NFL starter, uh, or at least not for long. And if he does make a second read, it's to Najee Harris and his check down. Fair enough. I mean, there, you know, I got nothing negative to say about Mac Jones, but oh, I think he's awesome. I, I, have, I have to look at it from a an unbiased as a looking at it from a draft analyst analyst perspective. Yeah, I mean he's he's not great. He probably I think it's pretty interesting how you have I, I a stat line like that and it does not work into your favor. I mean, I think uh I think he's gonna end up falling out of the first round, I would guess. I would guess as well. Here's the thing though, and we saw it, it was I'm sure you were not watching the post game coverage, you were probably celebrating, but um something that they that they showed um in twenty seventeen, he was like you know, like trying to catch confetti in his mouth, whatever. The way he's matured as a person that we can just see over. I mean, he had, he had two DUIs his freshman year, I believe. Really? Uh, so there's another. I don't know. If were, I don't know if they were both freshman year, but I'm sure you've seen the picture of of the mugshot. He had a DUI before anyone had ever heard of his heard of him at this school. Um, and you know, yeah, he's grown up tremendously. I think he can grow as a player as well. I I don't think that's a bad pick for a team that maybe has an aging quarterback at the beginning of the second round to develop. He's definitely not going to be. He's probably of the prospects in the draft. He's probably the least NFL ready. Um, yeah, 
I mean, I don't – it's hard to judge a Trey Lance because he didn't play all year. And, but, you know. Neither of us are trash time. guys, so. Neither of us are trash guys. But at the same time, though, I mean, until until that Oklahoma game, I didn't really have much negative to say about Kyle Trask. But, you know, he was missing his top four pass catchers, and it didn't go well for him. Well, it so. went awfully for him. But And, you know, again, back to Mac Jones, um, I've seen some mock drafts with the Patriots looking at him at 15. I don't, I, I don't think so. I could tell I you one think. thing. Maybe he'll be a starter down the line. There is no chance he successfully plays well in the NFL next year. In the NFL – Come on. I mean, next year. I mean, yeah. I don't. I, I think you'd be hard pressed to find someone who's, who tells you that Mac Jones is ready to start NFL Week One, twenty twenty one. I don't. I don't think anyone's making that argument. No. Uh, so he's definitely, definitely a project type of pick. That's why I wouldn't really like him in the first round. Uh, but I do think he's going to end up falling. So we'll see. Well, what falls to you in the second. I, I, I would take a flyer on him if I. Yeah. Why, why not? I didn't. Yeah. And listen. If we take Mac Jones at 15, you're not going to hear me upset about it. I'm going to be pretty happy about it, but you know, because you're time, and you're going to want, and then you're going to be like, yeah. "Where's my, <laughs> where's my first round quarterback? Why isn't he playing?" He doesn't yeah, work, I know. mean, as a as a fan of him, I'd be I'd be pretty excited if the Patriots drafted him, but you know, eh, he's probably he's probably not a franchise quarterback. Probably. Uh, probably not. I say, and I'm going to say probably not because I think he's a smart kid and I think he has a lot of things to really like about him as a quarterback. So I think he can get better and I think he could become an NFL starter. But right now, right here, he's not an NFL starter. I agree with everything you're saying on that on that part, just because which, which I don't think you know as much as I love him. I don't, 2017 I don't to now, progress to where he is. How about 2021 to 2023, 24? We'll see. I'll tell you what, man. It's not out of the realm of possibility that he comes back. I really don't think it is. I'll be honest with you. Yeah. Because he doesn't uh, even develop. Uh, he, like, needs to get better if he wants to be successful in the NFL. Next year is going to be a completely new challenge for them with a new offensive coordinator, who, by the way, broke the news broke somehow during the game last night. It looks like Bill O'Brien is going to be the next offensive coordinator at Alabama. Which, oh, really? Okay. Yeah. I didn't yeah. see that. Uh, it was it got very much like swept under the rug of of, uh, of football news yesterday because obviously there was That's some more huge news. I think I think it was literally yeah. I mean, look into. I think if I'm remembering right, like literally during the second quarter, I got a Bleacher Report update about it, and uh, yeah, that's fine. I, I love that's that. fine. Bill O'Brien um, was an awesome uh, college coach. I, I I thought when I saw him with that Penn State team, if I'm you do remember and you all remember where they couldn't have postseason play and you know the program really we don't need to go and get into why you know why i thought the way he treated that situation and the way the players banded behind him obviously he gets the texans job and runs runs with it you get an nfl job it's hard to turn down i thought he was the next guy at penn state for 20 30 years and that's probably going to be james franklin but i think that's awesome i think that's a huge pickup for you guys because you you kind of pick up where you left off yeah, and he was he was very solid as offensive coordinator of the Patriots. You know, I have again we said it on the last show. General manager Bill O'Brien, nah, no good. Uh, but there's, there's no general managing going on here. So offensive coordinator Bill O'Brien, sure, why not? And Absolutely. like like we were just saying, I think coming in next year, 
it's a new challenge. You have a new offensive coordinator. You're going to have a completely new offensive line. You're going to have a completely new set of receivers, pretty much. The only one that's going to be coming back is John Etchie, probably, and I guess Slade Bolden. But, you know, uh, you know, it's uh, it's a new challenge for him. So, like, I, I, if he came back next year and had another great year and Alabama had didn't miss a beat on offense – He'd probably he'd probably play himself into the top ten pick convention, I think, in that scenario. Yeah. But there's also the other, there's also the other side of it where I was saying on I think two shows ago, if he comes back next year and struggles, he might not get drafted. I think right now, right now I think worst case scenario if he declares for him is probably third round pick. That's like worst case scenario, and and, and I think um I've discussed this with with many people. And you look at like guys like EJ Manuel and guys like Christian Ponder getting picked in the first round. Teams get desperate for quarterbacks. So I I think Mac Jones, like very rare, like it would be very if you played the simulation a hundred times, I think only five to ten times does he fall out of the second. So Yeah, and you know, you know, it's really a balance of points. I mean, because you could see him coming back and Again, if he has a good year, he's probably going to be a top 10 pick. But, you know, if we're talking worst case scenarios, he comes back and struggles. The worst case scenario is that he doesn't get drafted. Comes back, gets benched for Bryce Young. Young, Yeah, that would be a disaster for him. He should leave. He should leave because Bryce Young is that good that if Mac Jones struggles next year, save it. He got a couple couple snaps yesterday. Yeah, he got. got I was kind of disappointed to see him not, you know, they didn't give him any uh, passing uh, plays, but they were also up by like, 30 so came into the game i was already uh out of my house and down at the strip but yeah um yeah he uh he's the real deal and i don't think saban is gonna let what happened to justin fields and jake Fromm and kirby smart at georgia i don't think he's gonna let that happen uh unless mac is really the best man for the job between the two of them next year which is possibly interesting that i just thought of imagine if imagine if they had let fields play and he was on Georgia this year. You might be looking at it. You might be looking at a completely different um, landscape here. Oh, like you're saying if he never transferred. Yeah. Georgia would have won the national championship this year. Yeah. And, and I like JT Daniels. Georgia maybe would have won the national championship last year too. Uh, I really think that. Uh, I think that Georgia defense the past two years has been that good. And I think, they were they've been a quarterback away this entire time and it's like such a shame because jake Fromm took them all the way to the natty freshman year and was this close to winning it and you know now you're looking at georgia as a team on the outside looking in when you talk about big uh contenders in the sec at least i don't know i do really like georgia for next year with jt daniels uh yeah JT- no i think they'll be a good team i think it's kind of uh sorry i think it's kind of between them and uh a&m in the sec yeah and wow. then, uh, obviously Alabama's there. Obviously Alabama's there. Say, you're like going on record saying that. Obviously uh, Alabama's there, but I think those are your two biggest uh, – because Alabama's got a completely different team. Yeah, but when do we not? Yeah, that's true. So It's uh, between you three. It's between you three. I I, I can't count out Alabama. I, I mean, dude, it's uh, – the thing is uh, we're going to be completely different on offense, but we're going to keep getting better and better and better defense we were such a young defense last year and we got exposed so many times by so many just like obviously lsu but you know bo Nix put up 48 points on us last year and you know 
everybody kind of bought into Bo Nix after that, and then we watched this year. I mean, it was a young defense of like all – they had a lot of injuries last year. Dylan Moses went down. Josh McMillan went down. They were starting like six or seven freshmen by the end of the season, and a lot of the same guys were playing this year, and they're going to be back next year, and they're only going to keep getting better. I think they're going to be pretty dominant defensively next season. Yeah. It's got to be between you three teams. It's what What's happening with Florida? Is everybody kind of leaving? I th- Yeah. Dan Mullen, Dan Mullen might be leaving. Man. Um, in terms of, like, guys going to the NFL, like, the whole offense is gone. Yeah, yeah. Count out Florida. Count out Florida. And the defense already wasn't good. <laughs> the defense was already bad. Uh, so I'm, It's got to be I'd between be pretty, these three teams. I'd be pretty confident in saying Florida won't be a huge factor come next come playoff time next year. Yeah, but I'd be the only the reason I I didn't say Alabama to start with. I'd be surprised if Alabama went goes out and goes undefeated next year. I don't think they'll go undefeated. They'll lose a game. Uh, they got could lose the AM. They got to play AM, A&M on, the on the road. That's what I'm saying. Kellen Mond is leaving though. I don't know if you saw he declared. Yeah, I did. I did. I did. Which is not, which is why not, not a good decision. He could have come back and been a playoff contender next year. I don't know who their quarterback is now next year. Uh, we'll look into it, but. Um, the SEC is probably pretty good. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure he's all right, but I, I wouldn't be. I'm not too terrified of AM for next year. More no, so, I I, Georgia definitely more so than AM. As for as for the rest of the SEC West, it's really Bama A and M. Yeah, nothing. Yeah. Not not LSU might LSU might be better next year. LSU will be. They'll, they'll definitely be better, but I don't think they're going to be a playoff contender. Or a, yeah, I mean, we'll we'll see what happens with Auburn, but I don't think Auburn's gonna gonna be there. Um, not to uh, you know, I love to sit here and <laughs> make fun of Auburn. I could do that all day, but <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't think they'll be around next year. And it's something to say like, oh, it's Bo Nix's third year. I, I don't, I, I, I don't care. I don't think Auburn's. No, I, I, uh, I don't know if I've made this point on the show or not, but I am a passionate hater of Bo Nix. I think he's <laughs> I think he absolutely stinks. And he's like never played well against a good defense. Like literally has never played well against a good defense. You just said he put he put up 48 against Alabama last year. I guess yeah, that wasn't a good that wasn't a good defense. <laughs> <laughs> like that was a bad defense. That was like saving you know all this dynasty is over talk after a two loss season with the worst defense Saban has ever had. Man, I mean I, I think know. Before we sign off, we got a um, couple things. First, Nick Saban has seven championships, Alabama. Uh, I mean, I would have said this before yesterday, but the goat, undisputed. Oh probably if it's point. not him, it's the it's, it's Bear Bryant. You know, yeah, I mean, past Bear Bryant last night. So yeah. it's Nick Saban. Um, it's Nick Saban. This run, and this is another point I wanted to bring up before we signed off. Um, a lot of people are not very happy with Alabama's dominance. Listen, it's 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 all on Nick because people are like, "Oh, you're a head coach in college football, whatever." You got to realize, year in and year out, this man recruits the best, coaches the best, off seasons the best, best staff, et cetera, et cetera. There's so a much. Lot that of, I, I a made lot of this point yesterday. This is almost to me more impressive than the, than the Patriots dynasty. I mean, a lot of people some somehow still make the point that. If you recruit these all these five star kids, you're automatically going to be good. It's coaching. Uh, it's, coaching. it's all coaching. 
uh, pretty Coaching much getting all these kids to buy into a program. It's that, that amount of like the amount of stars a player has coming out of out of high school is pretty irrelevant. At the end, well, of we've the we've seen guys completely bust that are five star surefire. So I mean, you got to buy into the program. One thing I do want to say about Nick Saban, uh, you saw when they were during the trophy presentation, I actually was, unfortunately I wasn't watching it live because again, I was down at the strip already, but I mean, he was crying tears of joy. And it, uh, that, that, that video almost, almost brought me to tears of, of Nick Saban. Crying. It's just awesome because I think a lot of fans see Nick Saban and they're like, ah, it's business as usual, whatever, whatever. When you see a moment like that, it's like, no, this really does mean everything to this guy. Yeah, he, he's not like this He's not like this robot that, that people would have you believe he is. He, he, he's a real person. Now, Bill Belichick, I don't, it might Bill be. Bill Belichick is a robot. Okay. <laughs> I, I think Saban is way less of a robot than Bill Belichick is. It's honest, it's, it's also something like, when you recruit this well, like, you can't be a robot, you know what I mean? You definitely have to have a lot of personality. Yeah, it's not like you can walk into, like, an 18-year-old kid's house and, and get him to come play for you and live live at your at your university for the next four years of his life if you're a completely boring robot who can't talk yeah. to them all. Uh, so, yeah, I would, I, that's, why, that's why I've always said I think Bill Belichick would be an absolute disaster of a college football <laughs> coach. <laughs> what if he just took on that, um, just that, like challenge that'd be funny what yes yeah, bama, bama hires uh belichick and, and the patriots hire Saban. and see how it goes for each of us probably not very well i don't think i don't I, I think both both teams would suffer there but anyway i mean other than that i i got not i mean coach saban is just you you said it you said it. i mean it means everything to him uh yeah. you at the end you know he he coaches to win games and you know when he does when 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 he doesn't win at all i i think it really really hurts him and when he does even though this is the seventh time i i think it's i think it's uh, the new greatest feeling of all time all over again for nick saban because uh, yeah. you i mean the, the the face said everything last you could tell how much that meant to him and how much i think he probably i think he loved this alabama team like probably more than any other alabama team he's coached uh, I, because I, again a lot needs to be said about how much went into this season I mean, there's so many sacrifices that need to be made, et cetera, et cetera. And to have all these young men buy into it, like, must mean a lot to them. It obviously means a lot to them. We didn't have a single COVID case all year. So, I mean, you have to figure he was, they well, were Saban probably did. doing something. Saban did. Don't forget oh, about that. Yes, yeah, yeah, Saban did. He had the false positive before the Georgia game. And then, obviously, he missed the Iron Bowl. But I was talking about the – I mean, Saban's not the one you have to worry about going to the bars after the game, you know? Yeah. Uh, so, like, so, like, the, the fact that they had no – players miss any action with COVID this year and went 13 and 0 and dominated just about everyone they played. I mean, it, 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 obviously the domination on the field speaks, speaks to Nick Saban's abilities as a coach, but you know, as I think he's way more of a player's coach than, than a lot of people. Which is are. fun that you are not fun. Awesome that you say that. Cause again, you weren't watching and I don't know if you went back and watched the full presentation. I was with a bunch of people and um, they were saying, well, how come three linemen are on the stage? Where's Mac Jones? Where's Devontae Smith? Where's Najee Harris? No, 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 no. You don't get it. That's because he wants to give these guys some limelight, some respect that yeah. haven't gotten it because we, as fans that don't appreciate a lineman, you see, oh, well, you know, there's the guys that, you know, score all the touchdowns. So these people are in the trenches every single day too. And I think that was really cool of him to uh, put now, those guys on the. Well, again, I wasn't watching it live because I was already away from my tv but i think maybe the most awesome moment of the night 
Landon Dickerson, our starting center, who uh, went down with like a devastating knee injury against Florida. Yeah. Uh, like he was, it was announced like pretty much immediately that he was out for the season. He was dressed for the national championship and he was taking snaps pregame. Obviously he didn't start, but Saban brought him in and for the, for the kneel down to Bryce young, he, he let him come in and take a couple snaps to finish off the game, which was just awesome to see. Cause you yeah. saw, I mean, you saw when Dickerson went down, he was a grad transfer this year as his first year playing. You saw how much, how much uh, he means to that team, just literally the entire team coming out to the cart to wish him well. And, you know, it, it was just an awesome moment last night. <laughs> was just awesome again you adding on to the thing where it's more than just this alabama factory that people don't that don't understand yeah. it's, appreciate greatness when people don't understand this it's like it's not just this factory of winning 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 and no fun and you know whatever this is a team that practices together eats together sleeps together and like for them to accomplish all this so many times it's just that's the reason why i am not a, obviously i don't i'm not a fan i, I support and i appreciate and i love everything that Nick Saban does and every single time they're at the top, it's not like, Oh, there's no parody. It's wow. They're really, they really did really good. Well, other than that, unless you have any, any closing points, I think that would probably wrap it up for yeah. our national championship recap. Here. I think the only thing that I could be upset about is that the college football season is, uh, it's come to an end. We're getting, we're getting really to the, to the bare bones of football season overall, which is incredibly sad, but you know it happens every year that's what makes it so special at the same time yeah other than that we're probably gonna not record another show until after the divisional round and we'll recap that and preview uh championship weekend uh but you know other than other than that this will probably come out tomorrow on wednesday yeah yeah well it's tuesday now but we will uh we'll probably see you guys early next week all right yeah Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening and roll tide. Roll tide.